Hello and welcome to Downtime Podcast, episode 93. Alisa, what's up? Hey! Hello everyone, we're talking to you straight from the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, we're here to talk about games and whatever else, so... Comes, let's... comes to mind. Yeah, uh, you know, how's it going? How's your, uh, how's your week so far? You know, my week has been go. It's, it's it's been a hectic week. It's been very very hectic, but I am surviving, and that's all that really matters. Um, as of today, Captain Marvel is out. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's out. And just contemplating whether I'm gonna see it on launch on release weekend or wait it out till the crowds die down. I don't know yet. Yeah, I'm I'm on the latter part of that. I'm going to wait until next Thursday to see it because I just want less people to be in the theaters. I I do like seeing movies the day that they come out, but because there's a certain like magic you feel with the crowds um, you know, reacting for the first time to certain things, but uh I just sometimes, you know, I just want to sit back with a couple friends and not worry about too many loud people. So, I feel it. Yeah, you know, I I want to enjoy those Marvel those Marvel uh, post-credit scenes without any spoilers. If I see Captain Marvel this weekend, I might do it at one of those um, sit-in restaurant theaters where I can get dinner while I watch. What? Those are things? (laughs) Oh, you mean like the Alamo Draft House? Like the Alamo Draft House, except the one that's in like South Bay is like super bougie AF. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because we're like closer to like we're like closer to like the center of Silicon Valley. But the thing is, is that they serve really good food. Right. I heard that that's a, a Century Theater that you could just like have a really nice, comfortable chair. There's like a table that folds out. You can put your dinner there. There's a button that you can call the waiter or waitress <laughs> to assist you with beer and food. And for overall, it's like really cool because the at least like in my experience, because you've been to the Alamo Draft House and yeah. like theaters like that before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like going to the theater like thirty to forty minutes before it starts to make sure that I have all my food with me before. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Anything goes. Um, I think but, it's really cool that that's kind of like. A way that uh, we can all experience what it's like to be rich, you know? Hey. Tapping into that, like, rich life. (laughs) And it just goes to show that the theater life is still thriving. Like, you know, I I like watching movies in theaters because it gives a certain feeling when you're in a communal... Yeah, I I agree. Um, A lot of people don't realize that the movie theater experience is... A whole different world compared to when watching something at home on Netflix. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because there's just there. Let's be honest. There's just better sound systems in these theaters. Because they're meant to show movies. You know, you're going to a place that's meant to show movies, whereas your TV is meant to show both movies and TV shows. So of course, you know the the audio won't be as great. The picture would be pretty good, but you know it really Precisely. depends on your TV and the settings you add to it. So yeah, I actually don't think that theaters are going to die out anytime soon everyone thought theaters were going to die out 10 years ago and look where we are right now yeah well i mean the only thing that died out were like home video stuff like yeah you know, like block- vcr yeah like blockbuster hollywood video stuff like that rest in peace remember game crazy did you ever go to game crazy or- 
Yeah, remember when Game Game ugh, Game Crazy used to kind of be a competitor to GameSpot, GameStop? Yeah, yeah. And it, remember, yeah, remember those days because they were so far away. I know, and it was just weird that Game Crazy was always attached to a Hollywood video. I know. Yeah. Now the reason I was thinking about that is because uh, there's a scene in Captain Marvel where she lands inside of a blockbuster because the movie takes place in the '90s. So of course, oh, okay. Of course, you know, it kind of got me thinking. Like, what was the last? When was the last time I went to like a Hollywood video or a blockbuster? And I remember the last time I went to either of those things was in the early 2000s when the Wii came out. So it's got to be like oh six, oh seven, oh eight. And yeah, I went with my cousin and my brother, and we bought um, Resident Evil Four on the Wii as well as Resident Evil uh, the the first game, the remake on the Wii. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why we bought those games, but we bought them because they were like super cheap at the time. And I was like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. And I think that was the last time I've ever been inside a Hollywood video or a game crazy. I think the last game that I've gotten from a Hollywood video was Mortal Kombat 3. I think. I think that was the last game that I ever got. Wow. Could could have been something else. Yeah. Yeah, those were the days, man. <sighs> yeah, that's so, man, that's so nostalgic. <laughs> I mean, because like I, I've been collecting GameCube games, and I remember when back in the day you can go into a, a blockbuster or ho- or Hollywood video. Um, but for me, it was mostly Hollywood video since that was the closest one to my house, and you can just pop in there, yeah. rent like Genesis games, Super Nintendo, NES carts. You can also just get you know PS2, Dreamcast, uh, I know. GameCube games, and then like. You know, as a kid, you don't really think about the future because you think about what you want then and there. Uh, but as an adult, you think about that fondly and you're like, man, if only I had the resources to get more stuff, you know, yeah. or like at least capitalize on when these stores were officially closing because they sold everything that was, you know, there. But like, there's people on eBay that are selling like old GameCube games that still have like the Hollywood video stickers on there. And, I, wow. and I'm like, damn, I wish I would have capitalized on that because that would have been so cool. I know. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I remember they were just getting rid of all their inventory. And I was like, ah, why didn't I, why didn't I do this? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was in high school and I had no money. And I only wanted to buy games that were coming out then. Um, speaking of games that are coming out now, I pre-ordered Sekiro Shadows Die twice. And I think you can actually also pre-order Judgment now, correct? That's a great question. Let me look into that real quick. Because that would be awesome, and I'm really looking forward to that game. Dude, I'm like I'm more hyped for that game as they're releasing more things. I think it's going to be a great change to what we've seen in even though it's in the same yakuza universe and it has a lot of the same elements yeah it's just nice to have a completely different character in different world absolutely so i'm hyped for it um good luck with sekiro thank you uh i'm really looking forward to it i will have an update at the end of this month when i pick it up and start playing it so look for that um and yep. to answer your question before yes you can pre-order judgment for 60 bucks comes out Hey. Uh, June 25th of this year. So, yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. 
I will say the cover does look pretty cool. Actually, I'm a little bit confused. Uh, when I'm looking at the image of, on Amazon, there's two different covers. So one cover kind of represents the facial of the main character. And it's a little bit like glass shard effect where uh, some glass shards show one image and then the background is another image. And then there's the other cover is a more traditional um, what you would say a more traditional like uh, Ryoga Gotoku um, cover where it's like the main character and it has all of the images of all side characters that are in the game so I don't know which one is which mm, yeah oh okay I figured it out I figured it out so if you get the game and if you get the hard copy of the game it, it is a reversible cover, so you get not only the American cover, which is the one with the glass shards, but you get the Japanese cover, which is the traditional-looking movie poster-like one. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, so more bang for your buck, and you get... It looks like with dual audio, does that mean you get the soundtrack of this game? Yeah, I think I'm so. I'm not... Qu- Okay, so you get the soundtrack of this game. Cool. You know, for the for the upcoming remakes of Yakuza 3, 4, and 5, if I recall hearing correctly, when you get those games, it, um, when you got hard copies of those games, it actually came with the audio soundtrack. That's pretty neat, actually. Be- so you don't even have to go to that one website anymore to download. I mean, you can. We're not endorsing it, obviously. Right, right, right. <laughs> But, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's... For a lot of people, the soundtrack is important. But for me, like, if I could just get a digital version of the soundtrack, I'm fine. Nothing against physical copies. It's just, like, I don't really play music on my computer. I don't really have a CD player anymore. Um, But if you could... If I could somehow just, like, have the digital version and put it on my phone, then, yeah, that's that's easier. But... You know what? It's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool addition overall because a lot of games usually come with soundtracks and they're special editions anyways. And then um, for anyone who... Uh, another game that just came out is uh, Devil May Cry 5. I actually have the game on Steam now. I have not played it, so I'll give my updates next week as well as a bunch of other games be- that I'm behind on because Stardew Valley ruined my life. <laughs> and... um. One note that I've been hearing is if you want to get a copy of Devil May Cry 5, do not get the PlayStation copy because it is censored to some degree that I do not know what that is yet. I'm assuming it has to do with the violence, probably, because that's the only thing that PlayStation really censors for some weird and odd re- I don't know why, but get the Steam version if you're going to play it. Okay, duly noted. Thanks for the hot tip. Yeah. Yep. So aside from releases, what are you playing currently? Aside from uh, just getting Devil May Cry. All right. And, you know, did I tell you that I got Dragon Ball Fighters as well? I yeah, did, Yeah, we right? talked about that last week. Okay, cool. So I finished two games today. I, I, I had to put Stardew Valley aside and tell myself, finish your goddamn games. So <laughs> I finished Wargroove, which Wargroove is a shorter game to finish, especially if you if you recognize how to solve the the puzzles and solve the uh, battle. It, it is quicker. Uh, granted, it 
some had to take a few turns for me, but uh, overall, very good tactical game. Very much enjoyed it. I'll probably write a review on it very soon. I a very great beginning to 2019, in my opinion, especially for um, a Steam game. And I think it's also on Nintendo Switch. I created a map if anyone's interested in playing on it i'm willing to play on other people's maps as well and hey. hey i'm 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 sure that war i have a feeling that wargroove is going to be a sleeper hit i think that the more that people play it the more mods will be available because there's not too many available mods at the moment but i would love to see more diversity in the different types of uh structures and um, the look of the character, style of the characters that you can have. So I'm wa- sure. anxiously awaiting for that. I have a feeling this is going to be a game that I'm playing throughout the year as well as Stardew Valley. So um, let me know if you ever want to play it and I'm down. And also uh, what I like about the game in general is you're not just playing as the main character whose name's Mercia and she's like a princess. We, you are also You can also play as the side characters and the people that she conquers, so to speak. So those also appear as side missions. So you can act, you can play with pretty much every single character that you that your main character went up against. There's a side quest to actually play for that character. And I finished God of War. And nice. Man, that game took a very interesting but fun, very fun turn. It, it it basically alluded to there's gonna be there's gonna be a second god of war in this Norse mythology. There's no doubt about it. But oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I, I've talked about like a lot of the gameplay. I in general very much like the gameplay, and I've I've said that in previous podcasts. Uh, the one thing I want to note is that uh, Atreus, who is the ki- um, who is the son um, of Kratos, is man. <sighs> I I'm so hyped for his character. <laughs> okay, okay. So it it's it's gonna be good. It's it's gonna be very very good and um super excited. And I'm also very excited for uh, one of the one of the female characters that they introduce in the game. Her name is Freya, and she is a very solid, very solid character. And yeah, um, it's kind of funny because. There are elements of the storyline that are very much different from the original God of War series, which is much more of a brute force attack everything. Kratos is a badass type thing. And it 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 is very different, but there are still elements of the game that are very much Kratos is a perceived badass and is like killing a bunch of gods. So right. it's like, I guess you can't have God of war if you're not the God of war. Like, you know, some things will never change, but it's, I actually think that when you get closer to the end of the story, he becomes the much more stereotypical Kratos that we all know. So right, those are just my opinions, a quick opinions of the storyline without actually kind of getting into it. And yeah, I'm very satisfied. Norse mythology is just cool. That is all I got to say. Norse mythology, nice. in my opinion, is much, far, vastly more interesting than Greek mythology. But hey, shout out to Norse mythology. Yeah, shout out to Norway. Um, <laughs> and 
yeah, I'm going to be because there's a lot of story related things that I want to talk about with this game, and I, I'm going to talk about it outside of this pot, outside of this episode. So that's cool. all I'm playing. I finished two games, guys. I am. I was not. I did not just spend this entire year wasted with Stardew Valley. So. <laughs> Anyways, do you have any questions? <laughs> no, I, no questions. At this I was time. so excited. I was so excited that I just had to say it all. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was great. Play it or not play it. Play these games. They're great. There you go. You yep. heard it here first. Heard it here first. Hot takes. Not even hot takes. They're takes. They're takes. <laughs> Anyways. Cool. The fire inside of my soul is burning with passion. <laughs> I feel like that's a quote from God of War. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, the God of War games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> from my end, I am finishing up Okami. Basically, I beat the final boss. Hey. And Yeah, and now one of the characters is like, oh, there's more stuff to do. And I was like, what? I thought the game was over. Turns out that this is not a 15-hour game. It's a 30-hour game. And I'm hey! like, ah. I'm like, why? <laughs> I I felt so satisfied after. I was like, that was actually not a bad boss. And then now there's like a bunch of other stuff I have to do. Ugh. But I'm slowly finishing it up. It's pretty fun. There's a I part think I know with, exactly uh, what you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah. There's a part with the sunken ship, and it's kind of scary actually. There's some horror segments. I'm like, this is not Okami anymore. <laughs> this is actually kind of scary. Um. So I'm trying to finish up that, and then probably this weekend I'm gonna start a hat in time. Um, I got that for my birthday uh, on Steam, and so I will check it out. Um, yeah, so I got another game in the pipeline uh, after Okami ish. So I'm still trying to beat Okami, but also play a hat in time. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's all I have to say about Okami. Um, I do want to express that I'm really excited for A Hat in Time because it just looks like a really cute platformer and I do love platforming games and it's something that I grew up with playing such as like Mario Brothers and Banjo-Kazooie so and you've been wanting to play it for a very long time too yes yeah I I didn't know what system I was going to get it for but uh, it's there now I have it on Steam so Mm -hmm. I can't really I don't really have a choice in this um there's a game that I'm interested in. I talk, forgot to talk about other releases earlier. Uh, the game that I'm talking about is, of course, Toe Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove. It's a... Uh, what is it? It's like a third-person action-adventure 2D slash 3D game. Uh, you play as two alien-like creatures, Toe Jam and Earl are their names. And the studio, Human Nature Studios, is the one... is. Uh, the studio that was developed by the guy that originally created the first game and subsequent games. Uh, the first game came out on the Genesis. The second one also came on the Genesis, I believe. And the third one was on the Xbox. And it's been years since they had a, uh, another game like that. So this game is more akin to the Genesis version. It can be played either single player or co-op. It has a really, really like unique hip-hop oh. aesthetic to it from like the late 80s and early 90s it kind of has that similar like style um the music is definitely inspired from that era so if you've ever played the first game uh you you'll be more than familiar with this one and i'm probably going to get it on switch since 
I kind of want to play this with other people and make okay. the game as portable as possible. I was thinking about getting it on PS4, but then I was like, you know what? I want to play this on uh on the Switch because I, I want to build up the Switch library. In this game. Yeah, it looks really fun and cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. The studio is actually based in Berkeley, Berkeley, California. Hmm. Oh, technically Albany, not Berkeley. They're so they're near Berkeley. So Bay Area, small Bay, Bay Area. Area studio. Shout out to them. Okay, it's produced by Macaulay Culkin. Yes. Isn't that crazy? How the hell? I haven't heard about that guy in so long, and now I know what he's <laughs> up to, and this is what he's up to. And by the way, I'm not saying that in a negative way at all. I'm just like, wow, Macaulay Culkin's producing video games. Oh, yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he has like a, a personal connection to this game or something. <laughs> wow. Man. Yeah. So fascinating. The only experience I've had with it was playing it on my cousin's Genesis back in the day. And after playing it, it was super fun. I just I'm I was so confused about the storyline and where to go with that, but uh yeah, I, I think um I'm going to pick this one up cool, hopefully in cool. the near future. So I can start getting my uh, 2019 game list going. Hey. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's move on to Cube Corner. The segment where we talk about GameCube video games. All right. Today we'll be talking about a multi-platform released game. And the game's title is James Bond 007 from Russia with Love. Mm. So this is a third-person shooter game developed by EA Redwood Shores, which became Visceral Games, which unfortunately closed. So RIP. RIP. Um, This is the first and only video game that featured Sean Connery, a young Sean Connery, uh, that's voiced by Sean Connery. (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of interesting hey. because you have you have the look the likeness of Sean Connery when he was in the 60s but you have the voice of like old man Sean Connery where he talks like this <laughs> so it's kind of cool that he was able to lend his likeness to the game developers and also his voice um the game as you could probably tell is based off of the movie of the same title from Russia with Love and um yeah it follows the story of the movie pretty much similarly uh and it um has some new dialogue and some new scenes to make it more of a video game um for example there's some elements from thunderball such as the jet pack but also like from goldfinger such as the aston martin db5 that has all the gadgets um a lot of the older actors that were in the movie reprise their uh likenesses like i don't know how they secured the likenesses but uh the likenesses of the um original actors that played them in the movie are also in the game so that's kind of cool but they're just voiced by different people that sound similar to them i didn't know they actually i didn't know they were trying to imitate the likeness yeah the a lot of the characters such as m money penny q they all have uh, the same likeness as they do from their movie counterparts. Uh, the there's an opening credit scene in the game where it shows all the people that were that are in the movie, like scenes, like you know, small scenes from the movie that show the actors, and it has the actor's name, but it doesn't show the voice actor's name. 
which you know of course you it's trying to be the movie in a certain way it's it's a it's a game that's based off of the movie that came out like years later because <laughs> <laughs> the novel was the novel from Russia with love was released in 1957 yeah and uh the movie itself was released in 1963 and the movie is actually um the second movie in the James Bond franchise but it's not the first novel in the franchise um so yeah uh, I've been playing it and it's it's a lot of fun uh you can choose your different costumes for 007 you can choose uh different weapons but it's just sometimes Sean Connery throws me off because he's the older Sean Connery voice but with the younger body so as I mentioned earlier it's just kind of weird hearing that inconsistent um, yeah I, I'd say that uh so I'm just like okay Sean Connery is talking like this because he's old <laughs> and I'm like all right let's continue on <laughs> so it's fun it's done so far it's definitely one of the only third person James Bond games since most of them are first person yeah. which makes sense you know because like when you think of spies in action you kind of think of a first person game I would argue uh, that a third person spy game is pretty cool too yeah, definitely. This one has its perks, which is fun. The game itself uh, plays pretty well on the GameCube. Um, of course, you're going to get visual graphical differences depending on the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and another fun fact is that this was the second to last game developed by an electronic arts studio before they lost the rights to Activision in 2006. Oh, and, I yeah, did not yeah. know that. So the game that came out after this was actually 007 Quantum of Solace, which is based on, of course, the the same movie, uh, the movie of the same name, Quantum of Solace, which had elements of Casino Royale, the Daniel yes. Craig, um, James Bond actor. Uh, so yeah, I think this is the only, no, one of the only James Bond games that features Sean Connery. Uh, I don't think that there's other ones that have the younger Sean Connery voiced by Sean Connery. Okay. So this this is a really unique case. It was kind of nice to know that this James Bond game uh, was taken care of with a lot of love from a Bay Area studio at that that unfortunately closed. So this is like pre-Dead Space. So you could see like a lot of the third person elements that um, kind of inspired Dead Space, uh, which is kind of cool. I think if you haven't played it and you really like James Bond games, uh, then definitely play it. Because I picked this up from... uh, Game World in San Jose, as I mentioned last week, I picked up a bunch of games from San Jose, and this is one of them, and it was only 15 bucks. So you can go to eBay and find the game for that price or a little bit cheaper, depending on uh, who you're, who's selling it. Um, yeah, great game. I love James Bond. I love the movies overall, so it, it kind of added to the fact that Sean Connery was in it. You mm-hmm. know, it was like an icing on the cake. I've never played a James Bond game. Oh, um... Well, everyone says start at Goldeneye. I I say don't because it's just it's not great. Um, if I were to recommend a James Bond game to you, Elisa, there would be it would be this game for sure. Uh, 007 Agent Under Fire, 007 Nightfire, and Goldeneye Rogue Agent. Those are the games that I think hold up really well. Also, Quantum of Solace is not bad either. 007 Legends is the last James Bond game to come out ever from 2012. And you play as Daniel Craig 
And this game, by the way, celebrates the 50-year anniversary of just James Bond. Yeah. So the reason why it's called Legends is because you play Daniel Craig when he gets shot in Goldeneye, not Goldeneye, and he gets shot in Skyfall, at the beginning of Skyfall, basically, Daniel Craig gets shot and he falls into a river and then a bunch of flashback sequences start from his quote-unquote previous missions. They basically put him, uh, the likeness of Daniel Craig into different movies that uh, other James Bond actors were part of. Basically, if Daniel Craig was in Die Another Day, you that's pretty much what it looks like. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it was a it was a celebration of James Bond games, which I think was really cool, but they unfortunately did not do very well since you know, it's basically Call of Duty but James Bond and yeah. a lot of people really really didn't like that. And to, you know, even to to kick the dog even more, it was built on the Infinity Ward engine, which of course hmm. Call of Duty is structured on. So you get basically a Call of Duty clone that's based off of a beloved franchise and you know, you don't really get a good formula for that. Yeah, not really true to the actual franchise. Not at all. That's the sad part. Yeah. But in any case, yeah, to close it out, that that's that's all I have to say about From Russia With Love. Great game. Sean Connery did the voice. Pick it up if you can. So it was fun. Let's go on to some news. A lot of stuff happening. I know. Um, what is Anthem. up with what is up with like the past six months and bad PR? You know what? Like, why does it feel like PR has declined terribly in the video game industry for the past year? For the past twelve months, six to twelve you know, months. It just feels like things. Was are it just always this bad? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You know, like good games come out, but then the studios get all this flack, and the games that come out also get all this flack from the studios. So it's just like I don't know. It, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it blows my mind. You know, like THQ Nordic, uh, <laughs> that whole disaster. What an amazing you know? story, though. My goodness. Yeah. I don't know. But let's talk about Anthem. Let's talk about how Anthem is crashing systems. Yeah. So, uh, there's been a lot of reports. What I've noticed, it, well, it's also because I follow PlayStation games more often. Um, it's that a lot of uh, PlayStation users have noticed that the Anthem completely bricked their console. Like, their console's not working at all anymore. And they've made different requests and everything. And then, of course, the obvious answer is, like, Anthem's not going to admit that they've done something strange in the way that the that the game is built that right. is ruining an actual console which means like you have to kind of do a lot it means that you see I, i'm not quite sure of the details but that would basically mean that anthem is running so much power that it's ruining the power supply to that extent like that that's a pretty loaded game if that's the case means it's not using a lot of the memory you know it's not like using a lot of the memory efficiently or anything so anthem of course you know was just like we're not bricking consoles and then finally like i don't know how many days ago but then they finally said oh yeah we're aware that our console or our game is bricking consoles Ugh. okay 
here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. This is Bioware's make it or break it game. They've come out and said, like, if Anthem does not do well, they're probably going to have to close the studio. Yeah. And everyone was like. crazy because Mass Effect came from the studio. Exactly. Also, like, you know, Jade Empire, Star Wars, The Old Republic. You know, these are beloved games. They have a, a really large history of, you know, beloved games that people go back and play. And it just sucks that this is the game that will define their future. And so far, it's not doing very well. I know. You and know, a lot of people were a lot of people were like excited, either loving the game or hating the game. But it seems like more people are hating the game. <laughs> it's hard to love a game if it breaks your PlayStation. Oh yeah, like it's hard to love a game that doesn't allow you to play the game. Yeah. On your system, <laughs> you know, like that doesn't make like you want a free dead PS4. Go ahead and play Anthem. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. I know. God, uh, I'm so amazed though, like that that's what it's come to. <laughs> ugh, it just it's just a shit show. You know, all these talented people that were part of BioWare leave and so people like Mark Laidlaw, James Olin, like these people were with the company for years and they just end up leaving because what's the point in being part of a company that, you know, is showing its age, let's say that. Pretty much. Because they've been ver- they they were part of, uh you know innovators when it came to MMOs and RPG games, I believe. But now it just seems like they're trying to beat a dead horse and bring stuff back that pe- they think people will love. But in reality, people just look at it and are like, "This is what you're bringing out to the table." Like Anthem just looks like an Iron Man simulator. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I haven't played Anthem. I honestly have no opinion, and we're going to go back and talk about how in previous podcasts, we didn't actually play Play Anthem. Alisa and I haven't played Anthem yet. I don't know. Alisa could probably speak to it about playing Anthem, but for me, it was like, I don't really want to talk about Anthem too much because I actually haven't touched it, but all this negative PR and all these negative reviews kind of make me don't want to play it now. Simply because, damn, dude, like, I don't want to break my PS4 or my PC because it was like, it was breaking not just PS4s, but I, was, I read that it was breaking PCs as Oof. well as uh, uh, Xboxes. Good. Yeah, so like, oh my God, if I were to break my PC from playing Anthem, I would <laughs> I'd get so mad. Yeah, that would be terrible. They they would, Ugh. yeah. If I could prove that they did it, I would. that would be of grounds of having... Bioware pay for my <laughs> repair or boom class new. action lawsuit <laughs> platform yeah now I have never uh, played Anthem yet and I probably won't and it's simply because that's not really my type of game but man the press is bad it's very it's pretty bad press for sure yeah like I I love third person open world action RPGs like this but yeah this one just doesn't catch me this ain't it chief Exactly. Exactly. Huh. Um, yeah. So we'll see oh. what happens in the saga of of Anthem in the near future, and we'll see if they implode or learn from their mistakes. I know it'll be really sad if they close, but it would be I really under- sad. I understand why. You know, it's like no, they didn't do very well. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. 
Yeah. So, um, something I do want to talk about real quick. Uh, I totally forgot to talk about this earlier. Um, I played Halo, the Master Chief Collection recently, and I forgot how much I love Halo. And now I want to buy an Xbox and play just the Master Chief Collection. But I don't think that the Xbox or purchasing a console just to play one game is justified. Like, I feel like there needs to be more. And that more would probably be the Rare Collection. Because mm. I love I loved Rare in the past. Not really now. Their, their games are, eh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, the, the reason why I'm mentioning Xbox and Halo is because Microsoft is rumored to have a digital only console come out soon they might announce it either this month or next month with a release in may and what that digital console only means is that it won't have a disc tray it won't accept any discs it will you can only download games from the store online or play them uh you know streaming onto the system uh well how much it'll cost depends on uh how big the system is people are saying it's probably going to be a lot smaller so basically a more compact xbox yeah. Uh, one system. And I think that when this comes out, it'll significantly lower the price of the Xbox One S as well as the original Xbox. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, if that's the case, then I think I'll have to decide on which console I'll pick up just to get the Master Chief Collection. Because, uh, man, I love Halo and I, I love that uh, the Xbox One is uh, a great console, like graphic, like uh, hardware wise and graphically, but I just don't think that. It's just worth buying to play one game. Yeah, the digital one sounds a lot more appealing. And, you know, Xbox doesn't really have emulators. At least not that I'm aware of. They could have an emulator. I just don't know. Yeah, Do I don't think they have an emulator. Okay, yeah. I would get. I would wait for the digital one if it does come out. Yeah, I just... I don't want to deal with discs. Yeah. You know? Like... Uh, I like those, and then you'd only be dealing with discs for one game, so exactly, exactly, and not to be biased or anything, I just like the look of the PS4 game, like the the game, uh, the cases mm, because the, the, the I like box. blue and white. Yeah, yeah, I like the blue and I like the white text on it, and for me, that kind of just it just makes it look better since the spine of these games also has a little bit of artwork on it. Agreed. Because usually, when it comes to like when it comes to Switch games, the spine of the Switch uh cases they just they're just red and they just say the name of the game on there but i like how each spine of the ps4 games are like unique and they're taken with care and you can easily spot them so i like for example i'm looking at all mine right now i can easily tell the difference between all the yakuza games i can see where wolfenstein is and borderlands since borderlands has yellow text yeah resident evil the thing i like about all the resident evil games is that they all are black with different fonts of of the game on there i think that's cool that's a nice touch yeah that's pretty nice uh each game has its own logo to it uh, much more customized and aesthetically pleasing absolutely but you know my favorite color is still green but that doesn't mean that i want to buy xbox games just because of the green cases so yeah that's just my two cents for sure yeah i would yeah well i would wait to see what happens Exactly. We're, we'll see what happens in the coming months uh, when the new Xbox, we'll, we'll call it the next box, <laughs> when, whenever that comes out. Hey! Uh, it's, it's usual for um, console manufacturers to start producing smaller systems like this, as we saw at the end of the PS2's 
um, lifetime with the PS2 Slim. It's more of a way for uh, companies to produce a smaller, more cost-effective system to get those last people in to uh, their library. So, for mm-hmm. example, someone like me who wants, who's been thinking about getting an getting an Xbox, but really doesn't have a reason to because I don't want to pay the what was it, like two hundred ninety nine, two hundred dollar price tag for a new Xbox when I can just get the smaller one that's you know the quote unquote slim version for yeah. a lot cheaper. And if it's digital only, hey, that's fine with me because I already play Steam games and those are all digital only anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we covered Anthem, Xbox. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about from my end on on news is Battlefield 5's Firestorm mode, which is basically their Battle Royale, was leaked online. So there was like an intro video that was kind of leaked and it showed uh, the giant fire circle closing in. Of course, with every Battle Royale, there's always like a, a field or like a force field thing that closes in until yeah. it's really, really small and everyone has to kill each other before it closes etc etc it's kind of cool because battlefield has tanks uh, and these tanks are look indestructible but of course when you're a foot soldier you can get anti-tank weapons and you can destroy the tanks with them so there's like there's some level of playing uh on the on the field when it comes to vehicles versus uh humans in a way uh as for those that don't know, Battlefield Five is set during World War Two, so your weapons are kind of limited in that sense. Um, yeah, destructible environments are a hallmark of the Battlefield series. So, of course, your tank will like blow up a house, and you'll if if you if there's someone in there that you're trying to find, then you can like blow them up, blow up the whole house, and hopefully you'll kill them, or maybe you can find <laughs> them easier. Um, as with all battle royale games, you drop from a pl- airplane onto an island. You gather weapons and ammo and armor. Pretty um, standard. Yeah, it's it's got everything a battle royale game has in 2019. So you're not really missing much. But for those battlefield owners that have been anticipating this, I feel like this is going to be one of the more definitive battle royale experiences. Right now, the hot take is Apex Legends, and before that was Call of Duty Blackout. Before that was Fortnite. Before that was PUBG. Before that, you know, it was a uh, H1Z1 or whatever. So <laughs> there's there's these there's phases for these battle royale games, and I feel like uh, Firestorm's definitely gonna maybe it will outweigh Apex, but I feel like Apex right now is the top. It's all, it has a lot of momentum. Oh yeah, absolutely. The fact that it's also free to play is definitely really good. But you know, we've seen games with paywalls before, such as PUBG. You have to buy that on PC in order to play it. Um, not to say that people will start buying uh people won't buy Battlefield 5 because for Firestorm which I feel like people will justify playing Firestorm just to buy Battlefield 5 um but we'll see we'll see yeah we'll definitely see what's up yeah you know what Lisa and I have been silently following the Battle Royale trend uh I myself have played PUBG Mobile and that was a lot of fun for a couple months but of course, you know, things get old and repetitive after a while and you kind of want to put it down and be like, you know what? It's all good. I remember last year's GDC, there was a whole section dedicated to Fortnite. You could yeah. play Fortnite on tablets, on phones, on consoles, on the big screen, on PCs. Uh, for those that don't know, G- GDC is the Game Developers Conference. And so it was really cool to see that Fortnite was the biggest thing of that spring and basically that the whole rest of that year. But I feel like 
you know, video games and just media in general get so old so fast that companies just can't keep up. And when the next new thing comes out, people are already flocking to it. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants what's new. You know, speaking of speaking of that, um, yeah, are you aware that Days Gone has kind of is starting to release a lot more content, and that it's gonna, I think, come out in like May or April. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's officially going, but it it kind of it kind of feels like Days Gone from what I've seen in the trailers so far is built on a trend that's happened in 2012 and 13 of zombies. And I kind of don't know. I just kind of don't know how I feel about zombies anymore. Yeah, I feel like zombies were the early. And that or like, I feel like is a trend that's kind of, you know, it, it, it will we'll have to see how Days Gone treats itself, because at least the way that The Last of Us turned out, The Last of Us is much more of a social a, like a social game in a sense that it's about kind of. It's not just about the zombie apocalypse. It's about Joel and Ellie's relationship surviving as a potential father and daughter figure. Whereas Days Gone just kind of seems like a like a zombie game, and right, kind of feel like it's past its time. But we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm just tripping too much. Yeah, no, I, I feel like. Zombies thing was a whole phase that kind of just went out when Call of Duty started adding it to every single game. And zombies in video games, I think, will be timeless because, like, you'll all, every Call of Duty game that comes out, even Call of Duty Black Ops Four, they still have zombies there, and it, and it makes sense because it's a it's a mode that people expect. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a game that doesn't have more than zombies like if it's just about zombies then i feel like people are like eh, let's play something else you know yeah but you know games have come out and have been successful like dying light you know or like even metro i don't know if they have zombies in there but it just seems like they might yeah i'm not sure um you know el- games that have elements of the undead definitely do well but like look at resident evil 2 remake like that has zombies and that's doing well so you know You'll always have zombie games that come out every year, but unless they're part of an established franchise or they do something unique with the zombies, I think you can't really get out of the fact that people will look the other way, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just how I feel. That's what I'm getting the, the feeling of. Everyone yeah. just wants to play Battle Royale. Even even Battle Royale uh, Call of Duty Blackout for Black Ops 4, they have zombies in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like zombies will always be around. It's just... People think they're old. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about news. Yeah. If you want to submit a question for Downtime Podcast, you can email us at contact.downtime.live. On www.downtime.live, we have the Discord, and you can join the Discord. And any platform where we have the podcast, you can leave a comment or review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and we'll read it out. Yeah, we love to hear from you guys. Please send us questions, comments. We love hearing that you guys are listening. We love knowing that you guys are listening. And we love reading comments to know that you guys are listening. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the 93rd episode of Downtime Podcast. See you guys next time. Yep. Peace.